We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quarantine. Here we go, baby. Get your popcorn ready. Podcast. You got your boy right here, your host, T.O., and my other host, Hatch is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Quarantine up. Woo, woo. Yeah, you doing it. You know we quarantine. You got your boy. I'm, I'm, my hair is a little long, but it's all good. I oh, still look good. Still man, look you know good. what? I ain't had a you haircut. Best. I think it's going on three months, and I, I'm just, I'm gully right now. I'm like a bear, like, ah, but you know, I don't care at all. You know, that's saying? all right. But, you know, uh, we're going we're gonna to get cut right to it. We got our guy. Larry Fitzgerald of the Arizona Cardinals. This guy right here, I mean, he is like, I, yeah. I, he has more lives than 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 a cat. This <laughs> guy's got more than nine lives. This guy is, you know, a stellar career. I don't know what year is this for this guy. I don't know what it was. He's you like know what? Because his his rookie year was two thousand four. He was the third pick in the two thousand four draft. So, so this is his 16th, 15th or 16th going year? On. So this would be his going on his 17th year. I mean, 17th year? Oh, my gosh. Hey, yeah, he this old, guy right he here. This is, this is the grandfather of them all. It's like it's like Big Ben. Yeah, he's the last of the Mohicans. And this guy right here, this guy is steadily putting up numbers, steadily being productive. I mean, you know, you think about basketball players that have played and stayed with one team for the entirety of their career. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is one of those guys. I mean, great character guy. Um, I think he's been uh, man, man of the year. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, everything about this this guy says first class, and I'm fortunate and, and blessed to have known this guy, know this guy. Yeah. Uh, we got Larry Fitzgerald coming to the show today, and I'm looking forward to, to chopping it up with him. And then again, he has a new addition in DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he's now going to be playing uh, with uh, his, his his quarterback Kyler Murray for for year two. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is going to be the the last year for this guy because last year was supposed to be you know, <laughs> last year. Uh, he hanging he's, on. Yeah, he's he's hanging on. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Nephew was coming to the building, man. I met Fitzy when he was like 15, 16 years old. Like he was our ball boy when uh, I was with the Vikings. And he, again, used to come around. Yeah, he was the ball boy. And we, you know, hey, kid, go do this. And hey, kid, go do that. 
Uh, he was washing our cars and all that stuff during the. Oh yeah, camp. I did hear that. Yep, and we used to go to his high school football games. Like I said, stand on the sideline, watch him, watch him do his thing, and and there was something special about his athletic ability. But again, when you get to know Fitzy, and you know, like I said, you know how he how he is. He's just a good character guy, and you know yeah. he was going to be successful throughout his career because of his character more than just his athletic ability so yeah i can't wait to have nephew come come to the show get your popcorn ready podcast you know subscribe on the himalaya app wherever you get your podcast coming up next yep yep and don't forget to subscribe on my youtube channel uh we got a lot of great content we appreciate all the fans that have you know that are coming in every week to, to follow listen to who we are who our guests are uh, it's been an exciting you know a couple of months in quarantine. Uh, we've had some great guests on. So again, don't forget to subscribe, not only to the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast, be sure to subscribe to YouTube. Sharon is caring, ladies and gentlemen. Get your popcorn ready podcast coming up next with our boy, Larry Fitzgerald. Yee! Welcome to, Welcome get, your to get Your Popcorn Ready, Ready podcast. podcast with the yeah. Echo. My man, the Echo, T.O.'s in the building. No, ain't, no, ain't no Echo. My, echo, in my echo today, boy. Hey, you the fourth best receiver on this telecast right wow, here. Wow, with only three fourth. of us. Exactly. You the fourth best receiver out here. You know what I mean? You know but what? We got our guy, Larry Fitz. No, let me, what's your middle name, Larry? If not, I'm going to make up one. Larry sorry, Dwayne. Sorry. Larry Dwayne Fitzgerald. <laughs> you gonna give him a nickname? Nah, Larry nah, Dwayne Fitzgerald is coming to prob- the stage. Yeah, I, I could probably, I could probably Google it, but we're gonna, we're gonna keep it real. Uh, we got our guy Larry Fitzgerald in the building, entering his seventeenth NFL season. Yes, Seven-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro in uh, 2008, second-team All-Pro 2009 and 11. Two-time wow. NFL reception leader in 05 wow. and, and 2016. Two-time NFL receiving touchdown leader wow. 08 and 09. Man, our guy Larry, he will catch everything but coronavirus. Fitzgerald <laughs> is in the building. Yeah, Fitzy in the building. What's up, baby? Oh, man, I'm chilling. Just getting back in the house. Had a little play a little golf today. Um, right. That's about the only thing I can do to keep my sanity at this point. <laughs> hey, how, how many times you playing a week right now that you on quarantine? I only play on days that end with Y right now. <laughs> Every day, all day. So, right. So would you would you say that's your your second sport? Like football's first. Would you say golf is your second probably favorite sport? No, I would say definitely golf is my is my favorite probably at this point, man. Wow. I, 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 I never get I never sore. You know, you wake up on Monday mornings, yeah. Everything broke down. I gotta slide out of the bed, you know, yeah. a little, little bit more leisurely, but the pay is nowhere as good. How how is how is your golf game, Larry? Oh uh, no, it's I'm solid. I'm probably about a three, two, three handicap right now. I've been able to play a lot, so I've been able to work on it. You going you going Pro after NFL? What no you chance. Do? No, no chance. chance? They too good? Dudes are too good. But you got time, though. You got another five five years to get, no, get right. I don't, I don't think you really understand it. That would be like a dude coming off the street and just playing in the, in the NFL. In the league, right. Just, well, I mean, he, he, just, know, he, know, he knows he that himself, so he knows how that is. He can't he, come he up and he, he played it. He better play anyway. He, he can relate. Hey, hey, see, Fitzy, don't listen to him, dog. You know what I'm saying? He 
He feeling real confident right now. That's all. He feeling real confident right now. <laughs> Larry, he, he, can relate. He, can, he can relate. So that, that statement that you're about I can't to make, relate. it does not apply to him. <laughs> well, it does apply to him because he, yeah, he can't just, can't, yeah. yeah. You, you know what? He can't be a hate. He'd be a hater all his life, Fitzy. You know what I'm saying? He just go, he, he go do what he can, dog. He go do what he can, man. No, right, but, so know, we, we appreciate the, you coming to the, to the show today, man. Again, yeah. we just want to kind of catch up with you. We know you're going on year 17 and you're, you're the grandfather of the NFL right now. Now, how's the journey been? You know, because again, what going into year 17 is way different than going into your first couple of years. How's this journey been for you? It's been great, man. I'm, I think as a child, you know, you you always you, you grow up and you know you emulate guys like yourselves. Um, obviously, you know, working with you every single day. You know, when I was a child in training camp and forging that relationship, seeing with the hard work and you know being a seventh round pick from from Langston and having to fight and scrap for everything that you had. And I remember just. So happy for you when you got that contract down in Jacksonville, man, uh, <laughs> out there. And, oh, and so I mean, like those type of relationships, those are the memories that I had as a child and be able to see you guys work the way you worked up close and personal really gave me a, a you know, like a once in a lifetime perspective because mm-hmm. it was something I really wanted to do. And most kids grow up and they want to do this or they want to do that, but they don't get a chance to actually see it. It would be like a child being able to watch your dad as an orthopedic surgeon go in there and mm. do knees and like get that, get that, in-person experience and, and that's what made it so unique for me but it also was an eye-opener because I knew if I wanted to play at this level this is the, this is the, this is the standard this mm-hmm. is John Rando every day coming to work you know yeah. Chris Doman um yeah. Matthew Hatchett Randy Moss Dante Culpepper Robert Smith I mean these are the guys that is that I had to emulate this is the work ethic that I had to see and then obviously getting a chance to watch T um you know do his thing uh, you know in San Francisco and Philly and Cincinnati and Baltimore. I mean, like, you know, those are the type of things I always dreamed about doing and emulating you guys. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, you're kind of like the bigger receiver, you know, um, and right when you were coming in the league, that was kind of, they were transitioning over was like, who was the kind of some of the guys outside of, you know, the Viking receivers. I tell T all the time, like we were the big receiving core, you know, um, but like, who are some of the guys outside of the Vikings receiver core that you looked at and kind of emulated your style after? Well, uh, you know, being a ball boy, I got a chance to watch up close and personal. So I always loved like Herman Moore. Herman Moore was, mm. you know, six foot five. He can go up and attack the football. Yeah. And, um, you know, Antonio Freeman was really crafty up in Green Bay. Um, I, I really like Keyshawn Johnson down in Tampa. I got a chance to see all of those guys twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and J.J. Stokes. JJ, JJ yeah. Yeah, um, long guy. Yeah, long yeah, rangy. And T, I mean, you you somebody always emulated too man I, I i feel like you know you always played the game with such a, a a terrific passion and desire um just so competitive in everything that you you did you took you, you were you were you took great disrespect for somebody trying to step up to you and impress you and i just i, I love that, <laughs> that competitiveness and you know i told you this a while ago i mean all the great plays that you made throughout your career i mean I think the one play that you made for Garrison Hurst when you, you know, blocked for him for like 60 yards down the field, just bring his touchdown, mm-hmm. you know, exemplified, I think, the, your true football character. Because a guy who was, was selfish and didn't care about his teammates wouldn't put it all on the line for something that mm-hmm. wasn't only going to be beneficial to him. So, like, that, those type of plays really stick out to me. I mean, everybody remembers the, the catch 
of the same, you know, against the um, Giants, the Packers, or no, the Packers, Packers. Oh, Packers one, okay, Packers, Packers, you know, like those type of plays. Obviously, those those plays go down in history. Some of the best to ever be made, um, you know, in the playoffs and the implications behind it. But like th- those are real grit plays that I that I remember on that block, and um, you know, those are the things that I I remember and I always try to emulate. Yeah, yeah, pr- yeah. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I mean, now I mean, going into your seventeenth season as a uh, Hatch mentioned, what what are what are your expectations? Like, do you like going into your 17th season? Do you obviously you have a young young quarterback in Kyler Murray going into a second year? You now have uh, another threat on the other side of you in De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Do what what are like what are your realistic expectations going into this season? Because like I said, you, you've been to the Super Bowl once. I, I've been there once. We both came up short. Like. Are there realistic expectations that you guys can number one get to the playoffs and then really compete uh, compete for a championship, the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, you look around the league, the National Football League, teams that are able to compete at a high level and see that are playing deep into the playoffs all have prolific passers, right? You look at um, the Green Bay Packers playing deep into the playoffs last year. Look at the San Francisco 49ers with maturation classes, Jimmy Garoppolo playing deep into the playoffs. You look at uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, you look at, uh, you know, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs. These teams are playing deep into the playoffs. Seattle Seahawks, I mean, these guys, because they have prolific passers, and we got a dynamic young talent in Kyler Murray that's going to be unbelievable for years to come. He's the rookie of the year, and it's only going to continue to get better and better, develop a voice, and become a, a, a good leader in our locker room. And, you know, we're surrounding him with, with great weapons, you know, mm-hmm. continue to improve in our offensive line. We got a great – two really dynamic backs and obviously our receiving core got a lot better with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm really excited about our team expectations from a personal standpoint. My expectations for myself never change. Um, yep. You know, the older you get, people's expectations of you change because they think as you get older, there's things that you can't do. But I look at myself as a more complete player than I was when I was, you know, 25 or 26. I can do more. I can still go, can still go outside the numbers and run routes and, and win. Um, but now I can go inside and I can do things that I never was able to do when I was in my prime. Um, I, mm. I felt like going inside was disrespectful because I couldn't. <laughs> and not so much easier to get catches inside if you're able to re- recognize and read defenses to understand fronts and see what teams are trying to do to you. I mean, before the plays even called, I can look at the safety. I can look at the hand signals and tell what coverage I'm getting. You know, okay, yep. it's quarters. Okay, we got the sell route. This is going to be easy. Make sure you stick them out, break and ride. It's going to be, you know, like I, I know this before the snap. And so I'm a much smarter player. I know how to block much more, much more efficiently and effectively. And so, I mean, it's just a completely different game for me now. Um, you know, things I've slowed down, but the game has slowed down as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mental game now. And again, you guys, of course, you know, I don't want to leave out your boy, Christian Kirk, you know, I, again, he's a dude too. So you, for you guys have, have three receivers who can really go get it. But now you're not the number one. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're the number one in your because it doesn't change in your mind. You're the number one, but you have a guy on the other side of you that is what you were doing in your prime, and you've never had that. Is there going to be any change as far as how you look at that? Though? No, no, I'm 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 elated to have somebody who can go out there and win one-on-one matchups individually. Mm-hmm. Um, it I just helps you out. Yeah, it's gonna, I know there's going to be times in the game where um, you know he's going to be double teamed and triple team trying to take him away. There's going to be opportunity for other guys to step up. I mean, I'm at the point in my career where it doesn't really matter, um, you know, 
who gets the reception. I just want to go out there and win. I want to be able to compete. Um, you know, I have catches, I have yards, I have touch. I mean, I have every individual accolade that you could that you could mm-hmm. personally want. Now, I, as T said, you know, we, we played in the Super Bowl, but I don't have anything to show for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, Moss would get double teamed and Chris would get double teamed. And I was like, I'm one-on-one. So I figured I would get the ball, but yeah, it never happened. So you go see some, <laughs> you go see some one-on-one though this year, dog, for the first time in your career. Hey man, so yeah, I saw your, your phone was ringing. Was that uh, was that our guy, Mr. Robert Sarver? <laughs> no, that that wasn't. You know, that was another one of my partners coming over. Uh, we just chilling. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Tell tell Mr. Robert Sarver I said what's up. You know I will, what I, mean? I will for sure. T- will. Tell him don't for, tell him don't forget about me. You know what I mean? I know I, I, it's been a minute since I've been to AZ. Don't, see, don't you forget you about always it. got a place out here, man. You always got a place. You can see, come out here and get your eyes dotted like you did last year at Apollo's birthday party, man. Wow, oh, there it is, huh? Hey, Tell the truth, hey, huh? Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, it's according hey, to him. Oh, oh, let, oh, let, oh, no, oh, no, oh, T, let him tell oh, the story. Oh, 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 hey, oh, 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 T always talking about he could play basketball, this and that. You know, you know me, I'm a quiet cat. I don't really do all that talking. I just mm-hmm. let my plates be talking, and I mm-hmm. wasn't wide open out there. It wasn't. It wasn't even close, man. You, you know what? I believe because the, the much talking he does about his basketball Larry, game, is this what I've you, never Larry, seen. This what I you, never see wins. So Larry, I'm, this is what we do in 2020. We I mean, is he wait? Is, is he lying? Is he lying though? Larry, is he lying? Is he lying? You don't know what it's going on. This what we're doing right now in 2020. We just we just lying to people. Hey, we just trying to tell them. That's what I remember, T. That's what I remember. Oh so what happened Larry, then, T? What happened? Larry, no, no. Hey, 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 Hatch. Oh, have mercy, Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm, fin- I'm finna pray for you. I- I'm finna pray for you, Larry. Like, we just gonna lie like that? Hey, hey, hey Hatch. Hatch, we was in Mr. Sarver's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have the- he has the court from uh, the All-Star game mm-hmm. in his house. So, you know, I- I'm just, you know, I'm just out there stroking. Oh, dude, I don't know who was the dude in there that was in there. He just kept giving me the ball. I went all around that court, bro. I'm talking about straight panties. I'm talking about nylon. Scotch up, scotch up. I'm talking about around. I'm talking, and these were NBA threes. Larry, am I am I lying, Larry? Yeah, you did that thing, but the horse game wasn't wasn't like that though. So okay, what so, horse game are you talking about, man? He, so y'all played he, horse. He was knocking down some uncontested shots, and nobody's around him. Like which which anybody can do, right? Anybody can do that. You heard, you heard, you heard what he just said. You heard what he just said. Uncontested. What do you think horse is? Horse is uncontested. So what do you think? Co- it turns say? into a competition. though. horse is competition. Competition. It got bad for him. Oh, the I'm glad you told us that, see, because according to this dude, he thinks he's the nicest dude, not in the NBA. I'm the nicest. And I've never seen it. That's all I'm saying. I'm the nicest dude on here. I'm no, you're not. You, you're the third. You're the you. this guy's second. This guy's third. I hope I'm pointing the right way. What? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You don't even know what you're doing. All right, you no, know what? This so, guy over here is trash, Larry. Hey, trash. But, you, but again, once the, like you said, once you start playing, he gonna be donk, donk. He can shoot it when nobody like I said nobody's Ooh. around yet. He can shoot you. First anyway, of all, you, so you I tell sound, you what, both of y'all, both of y'all sound ridiculous because I but, got so, NBA okay. cat. First of all, I got NBA cats that can can vouch for me. So whatever you saying on this thread doesn't even make no hey, sense fit, to me. Fit, None. I told, I told None. him. See, he don't want to hear the truth. The truth is that NBA what? dudes be lying to him. 
They be okay. like, you can play, T. You can play. They know yeah, he okay. can't play. Yeah, okay. And okay. T be thinking like it's yeah, really okay. him. I'm like, now, they do all, I don't, First of all, I don't, I don't, I don't need them to vouch for me. <laughs> yeah, really you don't. just said I got some NBA dudes that's gonna tell me. I'm going yeah, go tell right, you. I, right, right. they, I mean, I'm gonna bring somebody with some credibility to the table that's gonna uh, really vouch, vouch, vouch for my skill set. Man, you, so, get, you play like, man, your game is like I a tell you, bag Okay, of so, so one person who does have an eye for NBA talent is the new NBA owner, Mr. Fitzgerald. Tell us about that. Owning the uh, uh, a little bit of piece of the Phoenix Suns you're owning now. Tell us about how that and, and Mercury too, right? And the Mercury. Yeah, both, right? Yeah, don't don't let him cheat you, Larry. Don't let yeah, I ain't going to cheat your paper, good. dog. <laughs> okay, I'm not tripping now, but uh, like, like T um, told you earlier, I have a very good relationship with um, the owner, Robert Sarver. We developed a really strong relationship over the last 10 years. And, you know, he asked me if I wanted to come on, uh, come on board. And, you know, I, I, I thought he was joking initially because like opportunities is like that don't, they don't just happen. Absolutely. Right. And so, you know, you know, the Lord moves in mysterious ways and presented me with an opportunity that, uh, you know, I just felt like it was, it was great. It was great to be able to uh, not only be a part of the ownership group, but just learn, um, you know, operations behind the scenes and, you know, watching the analytics and seeing, you know, what, you know, Jermaine Jones and and uh, Daniel Jones and other you know guys on our staff seeing players and how they evaluate and you know, it's been a really really interesting learning curve and uh, it's been eye opening for me and it gave me a greater appreciation for the sport that I've always loved, loved uh, watching basketball and you know to be able to be that close to it is, is a lot of fun. Speaking of, I mean, I think this is a great topic to have because, like I said, I mean, you're you're a minority owner. And obviously there's some news, um, you know, that's, that's been in the, uh, there's a lot of hoopla that's been in the news uh, this week about the Rooney rule. And, and obviously, you know, there's some conditioned draft picks for minority coaches and things of that nature. Uh, I, I think, you know, obviously, like I said, the NFL has a long way to go. Um, just, just from the standpoint of where you are and where you you've positioned yourself and, I think what re- what it really boils down to, and I heard some guys speak on it today, is 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 ideally the owners have to be receptive and bring in people of color, you know, into those ownership roles. And I think that's where it's going to change because of the 30, 31 owners, uh, the thirty two owners of in the National Football League, um, it's it, it's 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 majority white, and no, so for somebody. All. <laughs> yeah, so well, the majority, but that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that's that's where the issue lies is because they, if they're not familiar with you, if you're not of their color, their surroundings, then they're not, you have to be voted in. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be tough for, you know, anybody of color to break that, to break that barrier. So I think what you've done, and I think obviously a credit to Robert Sarr, but I think it has been established with the friendship that you mentioned uh, over the number of years, like I said, this has been a 10 year building uh, of a relationship for him to even be comfortable. And as you said, you didn't think this was possible. You thought he was just playing. But as you <laughs> stated, just the relationship that you established with him, he obviously there was something that he saw in you. You've instilled some trust in him for even him to even consider you uh, for, for that for that role. So I commend you on that. And I think. Honestly, the, the NFL, the owners, they need to take a page out of Mr. Robert Sarver's book. Well, I mean, T, I, I, that's a valid point. And, you know, it does take, um, you know, somebody taking a taking a chance, giving you an opportunity. And that's right for me. But, I mean, you see, I see it with the Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Falcons, you know, 
Mr. Arthur Blank gave, you know, work done an opportunity work to be done. a minority owner down there. I mean, so it's, it's, it happens. Um, a lot of times it's not publicized, but I think there's more and more, um, you know, guys getting opportunities. And, um, you know, I think the more uh, guys get in those positions, they do well, they're able to help their organizations, the more opportunities to present themselves. And another thing is, I mean, T, you see the skyrocketing numbers that these organizations are worth. And, I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of capital commitment to even get a seat at the table. I mean, the old NBA team is going to cost you $2 billion. I mean, yep. I mean that's that's going right now. Um, NFL franchises are around the same, if not more expensive. So even if you're given the opportunity to be a minority owner, you're talking about writing a check for 40 or $50 million. And it's just not a lot of guys walking around that are liquid 40 or $50 million that have the ability to put... 40, 50 million dollars in a deal that doesn't even cash flow, you know? So it's, it's, it takes a monumental commitment to, to get involved, but you have to understand that it's, um, it's a long journey in terms of, uh, you know, finding success and helping your team um, win. I mean, cause there's no exact science to win. I mean, the Patriots made it look easy for the last, right. you know, uh, 10 years or so, <laughs> years, 15. But, yeah. but, and then, you know, you look at the dynasty, the Chicago Bulls had to watch the last dance over the last month or so. And, you know, people get lost in the fact that there's been a few people that have been able to do it, but that is not easy to have sustained success. No. And, you know, just trying to look at things differently and um, trying to have, you know, positive and constructive feedback, to, you know, to try to try to help out and, and, and help with the things that you've been successful with and to get a different voice in the room. And, you know, I've been very fortunate that, uh, you know, I, my opinion on things, they listen and they actually give me the chance to sit in and, and understand and learn the business. And so I've, I've been blessed with a great opportunity. And I think more of those will be coming for other people. Now, leaving from, do you want to one day leave basketball and go into the NFL ownership or you're not even thinking along those lines right now? Yeah, you are. <laughs> but I think what he just mentioned is, but I think what he just mentioned is a process. And I think what he's doing with the NBA, establishing himself as an yep. owner, well, he will be able to leverage that trust, you yep. know, obviously, you know, making that tra transition, making that transition into the, into the national football league. And so I think, you know, once again, somebody again, as Robert Sarver has done, give him the opportunity, then, that's that's where I think the the ball will start to roll. But at, at this point, just given point in time right now, that it, it's not even possible because I don't think any of these owners, these white owners in the National Football League, are willing to give anybody of color an opportunity. Well, see, I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to say that's necessarily true because I do know quite a few owners <clears throat> um, around the National Football League very well who have mentored me over the years um, that are not opposed to having minority uh, ownership a part of their group, actually looking for it, just finding people that are qualified to do it. Um, not in terms of the integrity or the quality of human being, but that has the, has the capital to be able to do it. And, and also the, the other part is tough is like you're investing such a large amount of money, but really don't have any say so because you're not a principal owner. You don't have a, you don't have the ability to go out and say, Hey, we need to make a trade at point guard or I need, we need to make a move at a coach because you don't have that power as a minority owner. You just are literally a, a silent, a silent at the table. You're at the table. That's right. It. But right. But to my point is that, yeah, you may know a couple, you may know a couple of guys, but as I said, it's, no, it has I know to be a whole lot. See. I well, know. well, no, I, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. But it's a, it's got, it's a majority vote, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe not everybody. Everybody's not going to be receptive to that. So yeah, you may know a couple of guys here that may be exploring the idea or thinking about it. But at the end of the day, like I said, 
we know that there's going to be have to be a majority vote for through, um, amongst all the owners to bring somebody of obviously of, of color to the table. Yeah. And again, we if it's somebody of color, there's literally only there's under 10 names that we know that made the amount of in liquid cash that can even sit at that table. And Thank even you. all 10, they don't even want to be owner. Cause like you said, you're putting up 40, 50 million and you don't get no say, so you get a ticket to the game. Like that's it. <laughs> and the t- for some of them, that's not good enough. Cause they want to come in and be like, I'm the boss. Like you ain't the boss. You, you know, you got 2%. So. Yeah. Well, but I, I think, I think that a few years back or, 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 or more, I mean, I think they, they were talking about Diddy and some other guys, they were trying to put some, um, some capital together, I think to, to become an owner. Uh, I don't know how close they got um, to that, but the Carolina, the time, yeah, Carolina, right, team. yeah. But at the yeah. si- at the same time, like, bro, they're gonna have to be voted in at the same time, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Well, yeah. see, I also, it would be like this, T. If you own a team versus, uh that was worth, you know, two or three billion dollars, right? And a, and a group right. of people came to you and said, "Hey, this, I have twenty guys that want to put in, you know, you know, two two hundred 200 a piece, or you have one guy who can write you a check for cash. Mm-hmm. Give me that one guy. Now, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to have minority owners, you know, and 10 different partners you have to deal with in the transaction or just having to deal with one guy? I mean, like, so there's so many different variables and mm-hmm. you know, things you have to consider when you're selling the, selling the franchise. Do, do I think this guy is going to move my team? If I have a team in X city, I, I built this organization here. I want this place. I want this organization to stay here. But he wants to see it move to a different. I mean, there's so many different things that you you have to look at, you know, when you're when you're making those decisions. And and I don't necessarily think race is always the deciding factor in it when those when they're making a decision. Is it possibly in there? Maybe, but I don't think that's mm-hmm. the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. And I think probably I would. It's it's fair to say less of a of a, a part of it in basketball and more in football, just because the dynamic of you where see, the NBA and NFL is. You see, the NBA is a, a much more their demographic and their followers are much yes. younger. Way, yeah, but yeah. much younger. You look at the NFL; their primary followers. You look at the the, the thirty-five to sixty-year-old range, right? NBA yep. is much more hip. It's associated much more with hip-hop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so you see newer, younger money in the game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see younger tech ownership. You know, things of that nature. New money in the NFL is it's a lot more established. Um, guys, you look at organizations that have had, you know, family ownership for years and years and years. Right. But that all boils down to marketing, branding. It's not like they can't do NFL can't do the same thing that the NBA does. Because if you think about Larry, football makes more money, more money than baseball and basketball combined. So you can't say that, that that's the reason. Like I said, there are a lot of hip hop. There's a lot of people that can move that cultural that cultural uh, that needle for uh, for for the game of, of football. Well, the business model is different. So you mm-hmm. have to look at the business model of the NBA. Is they they sell and push more often the players. They put the players in the forefront. You see James Harden. You see Rick the Freak. You see LeBron James. You see Kevin Durant. They put the players out front. The NFL markets the the shield. Shield. All and about that NFL shield. Right. And then the but, players. So, right, but that goes it, back it, to this is the way they structure it, you know, and um, and the NBA is much more of a global marketing machine. You know, you go to China, you go to India, you go to Africa, you go to South America. Do they particularly have a team that they follow? No, but they there's a player that they really like, and they follow mm-hmm. that player. You go to China, Kobe Bryant is 
he's he's like a god in China. Mm-hmm. He's he's literally like a god over there. Everybody wants to wear his shoes and his jersey, and you know, and and so do they particularly like the Lakers? No, but no. they love Kobe Bryant. Kobe. It's much easier to market, you know. In the NFL, teams fall on. You grew up, you grew up in Tennessee, and and Hatch, you grew up in Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure you rooted for the Cowboys when you before you were a child. You know, it's probably closest to. Probably I was, a, I was, I was the Oregon, biggest Steelers. Ohio, Ohio, yes, I was the funny thing. I was the biggest Steelers fan growing up, but yeah, okay, I get it. You, you pulled for a team. Yes, all the to have such and such and such and such, but you were a yep. Steelers guy. Yeah, growing up in Tennessee, I mean Alabama. I'm Alabama over here. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, no, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. You you grew up in Alabama. Yeah, um, I went to so, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Yeah, yeah, no so, doubt. So, I mean, you probably rooted for the Falcons. That's probably the closest team. No, I didn't root for nobody. I didn't even follow. <laughs> he's not, I didn't even, he's not a football guy. Fitz. I'm not he ain't even a football guy at all. I didn't even follow football to be honest. But I, I think you know, obviously to to your point too. Um, I, I think, yeah, the, the the NBA has put the players at the forefront, but I think with the with the NFL, which the which is made up of seventy plus percent minorities, I think that it, it's it's on the players now to put themselves at the forefront. You know what I mean of of the situation because it can't always be the owners dictating everything. Right. So again, it's you know the players are doing themselves a discredit um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of them not taking advantage and leveraging the power that they have. I think if you look at some of the, the very guys that you mentioned, the LeBron, the Chris Paul, the James Hardens, uh, these guys, they have collectively gotten out in front, you know, of the NBA to know that. And, and Adam Silver, he's very understanding that the league wouldn't be what it is without these players. It's, yeah, it's a handful of these guys that will move the needle, but it's more guys in football of color that can do the same thing. So they let me so let me ask you this, T. Let me ask you this. Right. So you're saying when Deshaun Watson comes up for his big deal, or even Patrick Mahomes, they're going to have so much leverage. You're saying that's their chance to be part owner of those organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Though, yeah, if they're business minded hmm. and have a business acumen to think that way, then of course. They should be able to leverage, you know, some of what they're bringing to the table and what they've offered to that uh, to that organization based on mm. how they conduct themselves, obviously how they play. And then, like I said, you look at Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's won them a championship. So they may be inclined to listen to, 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 to any type of, uh, you know, uh, business uh, negotiation, you know, if, if need be. But like you said, is that possible, Fitzy, you think? Is that possible, Bill? Um, you, can't, you can't be an owner while you are plan oh. no i'm talking about setting it up after not 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 actually during that time but you know yeah. somewhere you know at least planting the seed planting the seed yeah. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. i mean it, it's it's all i mean we're, we're a lot further than we were in the 90s obviously you know as far as ownership and people being in powerful positions but again i think it's gonna you're right the, the money that they talk about now it's it's ridiculous and again even though the players are making so much money it doesn't come close to what these organizations are worth. Like I said, you're talking about two and three billion, four billion dollars, and for players to be making even a hundred million dollars over their career and only taking home fifty, they don't have enough money to put into or to uh, you know into pro sports. You know, they they just don't. And, and speaking of, you know, Larry, I think you know we obviously know that you're on the tail end of your career. You know, just say you retire after next year. 
uh, this year or next year or what have you. So do you fully transition into uh, that minority role that you have with the Phoenix Sun and spend more time on the basketball side? Well, no, I don't know exactly if that's going to be what we, we my primary role. Um, but I would love if, if the opportunity presents itself to be, you know, a little bit more involved, um, you know, but I have a lot of different business ventures I'm, I'm, I'm doing right now. And, and uh, tell us some about, tell us about some of your business, other business ventures that you got. Uh, well, you know, I have a, a travel company, Nomad Hill, that I've been in ownership for over, over nine years now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've done extremely well and I'm very fortunate with the way we structure. We haven't, you know, been hurt in that business because a lot of people aren't traveling right now. But, um, you know, we've been able to stay afloat. I'm in the hospitality business as well. Um, retail development. Um, you know, I'm also um, investor um, in, in many, many different companies, you know, through the venture space. So, I mean, I, I, try, I stay very active. I'm always reading and trying to acquire knowledge, um, going to seminars and doing briefings and going back to school. I mean, like, I'm, I'm always trying to reinvent myself because, um, you know, when, when you become stagnant, you know, you, you know, you lose your creativity. So I always try to, you know, get better and, and, and improve in any walk. I can. How, how much of that information are you passing along to like the younger guys? You know, the younger guys come in, they think it's about spending money and, you know, you, you know, whatever Instagram and Twitter and spending money on cars. But like I said, you, you have that background now. You're, you've made money off the field. And you have to kind of give that blueprint to some of these, you know, guys coming in. So how's that been good for you? Well, or you can be like, you can be like Oprah, just be greedy and just keep all the money to yourself. <laughs> Oprah's not greedy at all, actually. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He, he, he's I, that's what, that's what, that's what Hat said. Hat said she was greedy. No, that's, that's not the case. If you, no, if you, I'm telling you what Hat said. If, you want me to send you the text? If, if you, I ain't never going to do a crime with you, T. <laughs> I, 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 I if, you knew, if you knew Oprah and what she's, no, what, what she's about, um, I'm very close with, with Stedman Graham, like very close. I spent mm-hmm. a great deal of time with him. One of the most knowledgeable men I've ever been around. And Oprah has one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, she does so many things that nobody even even knows about. Um, she she truly invests in her people. And, you know, she makes me proud to be, to, to know, you know, her family. I mean, she's a wonderful mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask you that. Like I said, let's let's I want to dig a little deeper with that right there, because you like say you you get to talk to Oprah because, you know, Stedman and you get to talk to some of these owners and you get to find out that real blueprint of success. But what about the people out there who are 25, 30 year old entrepreneurs who don't have a phone book like Larry Fitzgerald? Like, what do you say to those type of guys who are just trying to like, yo, I have maybe, you know, a good job and make good money. And I want to invest and be an entrepreneur, but they don't have the phone book that you have. So what's, what's their blueprint for them? Actually, I didn't have a phone book like Larry Fitzgerald until I had a phone book like Larry Fitzgerald. I, I, I you knew, was, you knew me. That's how, that's, you, yeah, you knew me. So I, I you was good. Before. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I understood that you, you have to cultivate relationships mm, and relationships. Every, every single really, really good friend I have that helps me understand business. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been unbelievably receptive, which tells me that, if you go to them seeking knowledge and understanding, you're willing to you're willing to work. If they give you a project, I want you to go do this. I want you to read this book. I want you to do this. If they're giving you tasks to improve and make you better, it's no different than a coach telling me, Fitz, you want to run this curl route better? You need to run this route a thousand times. You need to get the mm-hmm. footwork perfectly right. If you get inside inside leverage, outside leverage, this is the way you do it. And if they continue to give me these tidbits, I go out and I perfect the craft. 
then they give me the next assignment. And that's what I've continued to do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and those relationships are built over years and years of trust and mm-hmm. um, following through when you say you're going to do things. And that's how relationships are developed. No different than, um, you know, with your quarterback running routes, you know, the reason mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, T was out there making them plays with Jeff Garcia is because they spent hundreds of hours, hundreds of hours, literally running routes and getting that continuity. That's the mm-hmm. same process businessmen. They, they do the mm-hmm. same thing. Um, and so it just comes down to just putting in the time. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And like I said, you, you have a the question earlier about the young guys. And I think it's important um, for me, because I'm in a different place in my life at 36 going into my 17 year than Christian Kirk or a Kyler yep. Murray or, or a young guy. I don't necessarily think those guys should be as focused on uh, entrepreneurship on, or yeah, entrepreneurship. Right. I think focus on ball. This is, this is, this is what, what is your toast? Football is what should be most important to you. When you get that second contract, you still focus on football, but now you can start, you have the financial security now to start investing in yourself to be able to create those opportunities once football is done. You know, I was singularly focused when I got in the league at 20 years old, I didn't care about anything else, but, you know, being productive and, you know, achieving the the individual goals that I had set for myself. I was, you know, yeah. unbelievably intrinsically motivated to do that. And then as I got older, I realized that it was much bigger than me. It wasn't about me going out and get 150 yards, two touchdowns every week. That's great. But mm-hmm. is that is that equating to us winning ball games? Not all the time. And so do I need to be a better blocker? Absolutely. Would I create more opportunities for me in a passing game? Yes. You know, I mean, just so as you want you to <laughs> holistically conceptually what your team is trying to do I think it gives you a better understanding of what you need to improve on um, mm-hmm. across all levels now be, uh, as an unselfish player as you are has it ever kind of bothered you that you didn't have that one quarterback throughout your whole career like a, you know a quarterback that was uh, a 10-time pro bowl and you had for 10-12 years because maybe your numbers would have been different maybe not but it doesn't other bother you at all you're no. asking me or Larry Larry, I know it bothers you. I want to. Ask you. I, I, I wish I had. I, a, I know a you do. Quarterback for no, the, I, the entirety I, of my career. No, I, 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 I don't really. It, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, I, I never really approached the game like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for every opportunity I've gotten, but I, I've worked for every opportunity I've gotten also. And you know, I, you know, life is like that. I mean, guys. You know, I have more fortune than others for some particular reason, and that's just the way it goes. And, you know, I, I never wanted to really compare myself to this guy, compare myself to that guy. That's what the, that's what the media folks do. Um, mm-hmm. I just continue to work at my craft, work on being a better father, a better brother, things that I can improve on that are actually within my tangible grasp, right? And I think we get into we get in trouble when we start worrying about, oh, this guy's making this money, and I did this. That's when you start getting into the twilight zone where, that stuff doesn't, that stuff doesn't even, how does that affect you on a day to day? You don't really have any control of that. So why would you be taking yourself there mentally? So yeah. I think, um, I think that I'd learned that early on, <clears throat> you know, who's throwing me to the ball. I have no control over who's throwing me the ball. Right. Uh, that, that's, that has, that's out of my jurisdiction. But what I can do, I know if I'm open, mm-hmm. the percentage <laughs> of me catching the ball and, and making <laughs> plays are, are much higher. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I focus my attention. Yeah. That's where you should, because I know who you don't want throwing the ball, and that's that guy right there. You don't want him throwing the hey, ball. Hey, Fitzy, he, 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 that's you know you I can throw want. it. You know that's I can throw you, it. That's what you You know I can want. throw this thing. That's what you don't want. So let's, 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 Go let's, let's talk about this, man. Um, what, what's, as you, 
like I said, you're on the last stretch as you exit your career. What what is what does success look like? What makes Larry happy and content with walking away from the game? Because like I said, I know last year, the last couple of years, that's been you know sort of like the writing on the wall. And I'm not writing you off. I'm just saying because I, I I I see and I and I understand where you are. And like I said. Like for me, I wish I'd have had give, been given the opportunity to kind of finish on your on my own terms, and I, obviously the, the the Arizona Cardinals are affording you that opportunity to do that. So, what does that look like, you know, for Larry, you know, as the the as, as the curtain draw to a close? Well, you know, I, first of all, I don't I don't really look at it like that. Um, I think when you put those parameters, you know, this is going to be it. This is going to be the you know, like when you're <clears> thinking like that. I think you put yourself in a, a mental place that you don't necessarily need to be. Um, is this going to be my last year? I, I don't know. I have no idea. So why why would I concern mm. myself with that type of thought process? All I all I really ever think about T is today I got to work out. It was a speed day. I'm gonna run. Uh, I'm gonna run 35 routes today. I'm gonna get my work in. I'm gonna get my lift in. That's gonna make me that much better for when I line up when I play against whoever I'm playing the first preseason mm. game. And that's what I can't control. That's what I, right. that is what I have full control of. Oh, Everything yeah, else and outside of that doesn't really matter because I don't have any control. Now I know yeah, and, I put the work in the day and I go out there and I do what I've done over my entire career, make plays when the opportunity presents itself. I can still play at a very high level in the National Football League. This is what I know. This is what mm-hmm. I've shown. Um, and so for me to like limit myself because of this and because of that, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't serve me either. So. Yeah. And I only ask that. I only ask that too. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm like I said, I follow basketball, yeah. love it. And you, you've seen, you, you saw Kobe do it. You yeah. saw, you saw uh, Dwayne Wade do it. So you've seen these guys kind of like, you know, give it, you know, going in at just the last hoorah. I think uh, Dwayne Wade, you know, he, he kind of teetered back and forth his last couple of years. And he's like, Oh, this is going to be my last year. Then he's like, ah, oh, this will be my last hurrah. So that's why I, I asked the question because, like I said, you have to be realistic uh, uh, about about the situation, your future. So that's what, that's why I asked. Yeah, no question, no question. You, you do have to be realistic, and I've I've always taken that into account. Um, and that's there's a, there's a reason why I've been able to stay in the same place and be able to kind of you say age gracefully because I understood mm-hmm. that my role changes. Um, and I have to be fluid with how it changes. Right? You mm-hmm. know, a couple years ago when VA was Asked, he asked me to move inside and become more of a, a blocker, right? Had I done that before? No. But if I wasn't willing to do that, I wasn't going to be here, mm-hmm. right? So you, you you learn how to adjust and become make yourself invaluable, right? You, when they yeah. see that you're going in, you'll be unselfish and willing to do it. They say, you know what, man, we got to get this dude an opportunity um, because he's willing to sacrifice it here. And so now, you know, there might be a sacrifice I might have to make on this year. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be willing to do it? Absolutely. Will I just No question. And that's just how I kind of approach my life. Like, like, Bruce, like Bruce Lee said, be water, water my friend. That, <laughs> be water. I, gave, I, gave <laughs> I, I already know. I already know. <laughs> be water. Hey, hey Larry Fitzgerald, we appreciate you coming on this show, man. You know, like I said, this is, uh, we just commend you on your career, but more importantly, <laughs> like I said, then between the lines, as you know, it's what you do off the field that you, you're getting all the accolades, in my opinion. Uh, success for you, again, you got a lot more coming to you. Like, you be way more successful off the field than you are playing football, my friend. So we appreciate you coming on the show, baby. Hatch, man, I'm still disappointed in you, though, man. 
How you talking? What are you hey, disappointing hey, me for? He was over at the Pro Bowl, man. What was this? 2000, oh, 2011, man. Hey, no, at, tell him. Tell, at, go ahead. I'll tell you. Go ahead and tell at, it. He came on over, man, and uh, he was hanging out with us for the whole week over there, and we went skydiving that week. And so it's like I don't do that, seven, T. seven, eight of us. We up in the plane, T, in the plane. He got the jumpsuit, the, the parachute, everything. We all jump out the plane and hash get scared, dog. No one goes to hey, hey, but no, they, they talked they talked me into going up in hey, the plane. Hey. And I was like, I got up there and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing up here. Start to panic, and I was like, "No, I'm not oh, going." It, oh, and he, not, had a, he had the nerve to go tell me while he go to my oh, I, I can't rob a bank with you. I can't rob no bank with you. You ain't gonna go through with it. You try to call me out. It's hike. It ain't got nothing to do with robbing the bank. It don't matter if we gonna do it. We all together. Hey, what did what did Michael Jordan say? All for one, one for all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You weak, hey, but at, but weak, after dog. but afterwards, after. like I said, this is after I retired. I had I haven't even ran in probably hey. five years, hey, listen, right? He wet, he wet his pants though, and we. Was I did not. Up. What are we talking oh, about? Oh, oh, wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait! wait. On Fitzy, Fitzy, hey. how oh, you gonna hey. be on here lying? Hey. Nah, hey. you got to the you wet your pants. You just kind of like urine at the bottom. So T, he was like, Fish, I bet you can't beat me in a foot race, right? I, I said, I, I bet you can't him, beat me in five, the 40. I, I spotted him five yards. I gave him a five yard head start. Oh, I and believe he beat, that. And he beat me. And you know, I kicked him, I kicked him down. So, you hey, know, I, I, I tell, I, I tell you what, no, had, this is, hey, this had, boy, I was like, there ain't no way you go beat me in a 40 fits, right? So I had, it was on just a regular old, hey, I tell you, you won't neither. Right, we just had a little dirt road, whatever, like a little bit of concrete. We found the pad with 40 yards, and I was like, Ain't no way you go beat me, Fitzy. We was like, Bet 10 racks. And Fitzy's like, Bet it down. I was like, All right, bet. I got down there, and I was like, Ain't no way in whatever that I'm gonna lose to Fitzy. Again, he was okay, but I was fast. I had my start, and I knew just because I hadn't ran doesn't mean I don't have my start. I took off on this dude. He started to catch me at the end, but them first 20, I was out, Fitz. And we had it on camera, and I wish I had it on camera still. I beat him by like two yards. You ain't going to beat nobody, man. Bet 10 racks. Bet me 10 racks. Bet me 10 racks. I won't beat you by two yards. Hey, I I stripped down to the skivvies. I stripped down to the the skivvies. I was like, I got to be light. I got to be light. And Hawaii over there, man, that was a good time. Hey, hey, speaking of that, that, hey. When uh, when uh, when Larry played in that Super Bowl, when he caught that uh, that little slant, that's how he was running. But he was running like his oh, yeah. hair was on fire. Oh yeah, I, I, and I ain't gonna tell a lie, Larry. <laughs> I ain't never seen you run that fast, dog. He never like, ran that, that fast, dog. You, boy, you took. Bro, I don't know what you took. I don't know if you were just hype. You were just amped from that just the, the Super Bowl. We can. I, I know. I know you were because. We've played in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl for so I get you. He don't understand. That dude over there, he don't really understand. Hey, so I, I know hey, that energy, dog. Know, yeah, you, you know what? Ball, dog. Hey, Larry, <laughs> you was up out of there, dog. Yeah. Dog, you was up out of there. See, you seen that? You seen that practice last year when he came out practice with us that one day. I still got that gas, too. I still got that. Gas. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We, oh, you got it now. And hey, tell this child, hey, with us, get, get you got the burst. He came hey, with tell some it. Instruction, instructional, you know, he came out there and did his thing with us, man. Hey, hey Larry. Okay. Hey, All it. right. Hey, Larry, tell I'm sure hey, he Larry. told y'all everything I told him. Because no, he don't know that. Never. Hey, Larry. 
You hey, your coaches know I can get I can still go, Candelaria. No question. Still can go. Right now. Right now. You were sore the next day, though. He was so. He ain't gonna tell you. See what I'm saying? He ain't gonna he ain't never gonna admit it. He was sore, I was working out. I was working out the next day. He he had to borrow some cleats. You know, you can't go out there and practice with some brand new cleats on. He had to go your feet gonna be hurting. Hey. Oh, yeah, now my feet were sore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what was so, bro. I, them shoes weren't even broken in, dog. My feet was barking the next day. Uh, <laughs> but hey, but speaking of the Super Bowl, I remember, I don't know if you remember, uh, you, uh, I met you, I, I met you at, I met, I met, I met you and, uh, and Pablo in the hotel that night, man. It was, uh, we had switched. Yeah, tell the people about it, yeah. We, we was, we was, we was switching hotels. They, we didn't tell us nothing. And so Saturday after 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 walkthrough, they just said pack a day bag. We got to back wow. to the hotel, pack a day bag. We moving. I'm like, wow. you know. So they moved us to a brand, to a different hotel. And and as we were coming in, T was he was getting in the streets that night. You know, so mm-hmm. I seen him and Pablo. They was walking by, and we sat down and we chopped it up. And he kind of said, "Look, this is some of the things that I, I was thinking about when we played the Patriots. You know, down in Jacksonville, and you know, he was coming off that broken the broken ankle. Nobody knew he was going to even." You know, be able to play and went out there and did his thing like he mm-hmm. always does. And he was kind of talking to me about the mindset that's going to be required to play at that level and to be mm-hmm. able to have the sustained success. Don't let the moment be too big for you. And like, so all that was really, um, was really big for me to be able to get that kind of tutelage and that kind of knowledge the night before the game. So, Big Bro, I appreciate that, man. And I know you had, oh, a, good yes, time. I I know you had a good time that night. You look like you're about to go turn up. Oh yeah. man, no doubt. We was in uh he was out we, till we, we eight in the morning. Tampa. I guarantee. Yeah, we was at Tampa. Hey boy, he was out till eight in the morning. I was, <laughs> e- was it Ebor City or somewhere like Ebor that? Ebor City. Man, I yeah, I was in I was in them streets. And, and how long hey, how long ago was that? That was what 2001. Uh, it was 2008 season, 2009. It was February yeah. 2009. 2009, and I oh, bet man. he got an 11 year old right now. I'm gonna leave it just right there. Uh, Let do y'all I think about no, that? No, 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 no. You no, got an 11 year old somewhere in Tampa right now. No, no. Already. Says hey. <laughs> the guy that peed on himself that hey, didn't want to jump out the airplane. Why do you say that? No, no you, I can't. No, you, no, what's you, it? you left that out, dog. No, you peed on yourself. I left that out because, yeah, there, it never happened. I don't even no, know. No, no, you, you peed on man. yourself, dog. No, I can't. That was grown ass man. I got to get Patrick. Peterson on the show so he can set the story straight. That, that's messed up, Fitzy. That's all right, dog. We appreciate you coming on and get your popcorn ready podcast, fam. Love, Love you, bro. brother. All right. Good to see y'all, man. All right, my yeah, man. No Do your thing. Stay safe, brother. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Peace. So that's Larry Fitzgerald on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. Yo, nephew. Yeah, yeah. That's a good dude, man. Like I said, good character guy. Um, Everything yeah. he's done on the field, again, it's it's. I appreciate the way he's handled it. Because again, you know how we, we've we're we're receivers, right? We've yeah we know how diva ish we can be, you know. And it just that yeah. that part of it for him, it just never came out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys. Obviously, just a you, you hear people say the consummate pro, a pro's mm-hmm. pro. Um, and he's one of those guys. I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, going to continue to play and has had a hell of a career. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't ask more of a guy like that. And then that's the thing. Like sometimes, you know, good things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And just uh just to uh speak on his career and, and some of the business ventures that he's been able to uh establish. And then again, just establishing relationships with prominent people 
um, that have, you know, showed him the way, paved him the way. And then obviously, like I said, he can pass that on to uh, some of the younger guys. Yeah, yeah. And I think let's talk about the, our three and out, like our three and out segment. We talked yeah. about the three points that, you know, we want to bring up that we got from the interview. And again, for me, number one is it's the ownership piece. Because, yeah. again, you're, you're sitting in the room with the owners and as a, a young African-American male, you want to be like, I'm going to tell the world. I'm a, I'm an owner of a professional sports team in America. I'm the dude. Right. But it's really not like that, right? If you're going to be a professional minority sports owner, you're at the table and you're not making no big money. It's not for you to be on Twitter. It's not for you to be on the court shooting, you know, or right. anything like that. It's really about, you know, being behind the scenes, learning and knowing in five to 10 years, like you're, that's how long this learning curve is going to be. And I think yeah, he, I, he's not, he's not Mark Cuban by any means. No, not, not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but to be, right. it's, 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 it's funny to say, like, it's funny how it's going to sound to be a, a humble owner, but that's what right. owning a pro sports team is at our age. And I think that's right. why you don't see a lot of, a lot of um, the younger athletes trying to be in ownership because it's not going to be nothing sexy about it. It's not going to be cool. Right. You know, you're not on social media talking about I'm the owner. You're going to sit back, you're going to learn, and you're going to help the organization from a back seat. Right, yeah. And I think the, the number two for me, I think, would be uh, just that I, I asked him about, you know, obviously, you know, so like a farewell, you know, tour or just mm -hmm. uh, his, his, his thinking process of this possibly, you know, what is he looking at as the, the curtain closes? But mm -hmm. he said he's not really looking at it. Uh, to close. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the third, our third thing for three and out um, was the advice he gives like rookies and second year kids, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. he's not going to tell, cause again, he's made so much money off the field. He's doing all these business ventures off the field, but at the same time, first year guys and rookies, third year guys, they need to focus on the craft. So that's what he's telling mm -hmm. them. And even right. when you get your first contract, now you can branch out a little bit, but still focus on your craft because that's what's getting you paid. That's what's going to make you this money. And I think right, right. that's a, that's very good advice where these kids come in and they think they want to do everything. Cause that's kind of was me when I was young, I want to do everything. I'm like, no, just focus on your craft. All right. Just do one thing, find what that is, do that. Great. And then the rest yeah. will, 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 will fall in place. Alrighty. There it is. Thank you, Larry Fitzgerald. Yep, Appreciate yep. you coming to the show. Get your popcorn, get your popcorn ready podcast with your host Hatch and my boy. Yes, sir. TO right here. And don't forget to subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. And also subscribe on my YouTube channel, Terrell Owens. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week. Tune in. Peace. Yeet. No doubt. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.